for another episode of the John Riley Project. And I have a very special guest that's joining me today. But before we introduce him, I want to make a few um, announcements about the project. Uh, number one is um, uh, we're going to be changing up our format and some of the things that we're going to be doing once we get beyond the election season. So um, we're going to change the studio around. We've got some chairs, a kind of lounge chairs. that will be inviting guests and rather being across this giant table, we'll be able to you know, cross our legs and, and have a relaxing conversation. Uh, so I'm going to be kind of reconfiguring the studio for some guests. We'll use the table and others we won't, but I'm going to have a little bit of fun with that. So I'm hoping to roll that out in the next week or so. Um, uh, some people have come to me and they've asked me, they say, you know, John, how can I participate? How can I help you? And so uh, I've set up a Patreon page for this project. And that's an area where people are free to donate if they choose, like as little as $2 a month, you know, just to help fund the project. Uh, so if you're interested in doing that, you can go to my website at johnreillyproject.com. And we, uh, you can click on donate on the menu button and there's a few options to pick from. And we're going to use that money to invest in people and invest in technology to make this project better. So kind of a crowd-funded, crowd-sourced kind of an idea behind it. Uh, plus, it gives me an opportunity to offset a little bit of my investment. So if anyone wants to help, that'd be great and be most appreciated. Um, the third thing that I wanted to talk about quickly is that, um, you know, we're now nearing the end of the political season. So I'm interested in getting some more guests and we're going to talk about things that go well beyond politics. We'll talk about um, entrepreneurship and economics, history, um, perhaps talk about the military and some of those uh, those activities and, and, and in the context of our United States history. Uh, I definitely want to talk about sports. So if there are people that uh, would like to be a guest on this on this project or would like to recommend someone, I'm putting the word out. Uh, again, you can contact me on the website at johnreillyproject.com or at Twitter at John Riley Poway. And oh, by the way, if you're on the website, I've also got a little sign up form. To, if you want to get on our email list, I'm building that up as well. So as this project is growing, I'm experimenting with things and um, just trying to build a sense of community. Um, so I have uh, an audience that can freely interchange and share ideas and communicate with me and I can communicate with them and we can kind of build this project together. So uh, now the reason we're here is to introduce my good friend visiting for the third time on the John Riley Project. Third time is always a charm. Pete Neald, a council, city council candidate in District 1 here in Poway. Pete, it is always a pleasure to see you and your beautiful Calypso again today. How are you? I'm very good, John. Thanks for uh, having me back and uh, allowing me to make a run at not only first and last person in this election season, but I'm going to go for the longest amount of time, too. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
there's a three-hour lot there, and I'm going to try to get right at that All right. Well, hour. John Carson has the record at three hours and 15 minutes, but I caution you that I think you told me it's your wife's birthday. Yep. So you got yep. a hard stop at some point, yep. and, and in a little while, there's going to be people knocking on my door for candy. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm out of here before sunset. Okay. Calypso doesn't like to drive in the dark. Oh, okay. So okay, I'll, she's, I'll be out of here long before then. No problem. Well, great. Welcome back. How, how have you Thank been? You. I've been following your activities on Facebook, and I know you're traveling all over the community, and I'm, I'm interested in learning how the campaign's going. I've never been so far at less than nine miles per hour in my life. <laughs> Does your car go like seven idles, miles an hour? It idles at nine miles per hour on the level. Oh, but, you know, Powell's hilly, so I got to put the throttle down every yeah. once in a while just yeah. to get up to speed. But mm-hmm. District 1, I, I've changed it. It's not District 1. It's the land of a thousand cul-de-sacs. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Because, I mean, it does have a Poway Road, Community Road. Well, here, uh, maybe if people can make it out here. I'm, I'm, let's just get oriented here a little bit. So Why don't you tuck that in closer to you there? San Diego, North County, in yeah. its entirety. And people are always saying, well, Poway's out there. Well, you know what? When you consider North County, Poway's right smack dab in the middle of it. Yeah. All right. So you know, you know, as an aside, this is kind of a f- crazy tangent story, but there are some people that I follow on Twitter that are big Padre fans. We kind of call it Padres Twitter. And they're always insisting that Poway is East County. And it's always kind of this like jab. They're trying to poke us. They say, yeah, you're in East County. And we're like, no, yeah. we're in North County. Yeah. So anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it's North, right smack dab in the middle of North County. Yes, it is. Um, zooming in on Poway. That's the city that I moved to in 1980. Mm-hmm. But we're on the precipice of something else. We are, with this election, moving over to district representation. And there's my district, District 1, that little, small, little corner there. Of, the, the blue part in the map? That's it. Okay. That's District 1. So what are the dark black lines then? Those are the, this is District 1, this is District 2, excuse me, 3, this is District 2. Right. And then this is... 4. District 4. Correct. Okay. Now, geographically it's broken up that way, but they did a pretty good job. This is going to be you're going to make this available for people, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll okay. definitely have links on the on the YouTube and uh, and the Facebook page for sure. That plan that divided up the city that way is plan number one thirty three out of a total of one thirty seven. Okay. Different people submitted different plans, trying to break Poway up into the district district different mm-hmm. districts. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they did a pretty good job, but 133 did a pretty good job. This is the demographics. This is the voting demographics for all four districts within Poway. There's a little bit, there's a line over here where there are plus and minus an even split on population. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're There's, roughly population balanced. Roughly populated. I mean, within 3% yeah, that's is pretty the worst-case scenario. They did a fantastic job. Right. All right, to get to the mission of getting people pretty well divided up, split up, 
geographically it makes sense. Right. It puts the emphasis for getting some city councilmen to South Poway, and that's still being discussed. There's some people that say, well, South Poway, I'm one of them. South Poway is south of Poway Road. Right. Well, there's other people who say, no, it's further north than that. It's Twin Peaks. And right. Green Valley Civics Association has a map on their uh, association that says, yeah, Twin Peaks is it. So um, I'm glad that they got representation going to be available for South Poway. Well, to me, that's one of the defining features of your campaign is that you are the enthusiastic supporter of the of the district plan. Yes, I am. Yeah. Uh, others, not so much. <laughs> right, right. I know there's been some resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you look into the um, demographics some more, you start to see some inequalities creeping in. Interesting. Well, there's definitely, well, I, you can look at the map and you already can tell there's there's income that varies quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. And rentals versus own. Oh, no question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Occupancy. Yeah, yada, that, yada, that too. Yada. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, the demographics behind Plan 133 are available. Mm -hmm. They're in this PowerPoint presentation that we'll make available to people. But If you don't mind me asking this, I know one of the motivating factors for going to districts that was from the, I can't remember the name of the organization, but they were, you know, for voters' rights and mm -hmm. and was largely driven to make sure that certain ethnicities mm -hmm. had proper representation. Pretty good job. They, they did a good job they in Poway? They did a pretty good job. Yeah, explain that to me. Does, does it show the ethnic breakdown yes, in here? Yes, it does. I'm, I, I can dig down into the minutiae if you want, but... <laughs> I've got to be out of here before dark 30. Okay. Okay, so we're not going to go for a record. Okay, but we're going to leave this th these 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 charts and this data they're will on be the, available. They're on the Poway website. Right. I have them in this PowerPoint, and they're going to be available to all your viewers. Yeah, and if you share me the files, which you already did, I'll, yep. I'll post them. Okay. Okay, so I got really excited about this. Yeah. All right, this was out quite a while ago. Right. And I knew that the election in November, but I was impatient. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jim Cunningham submitted his paperwork to retire. Right. They decided to open up a council seat by appointment. Right. I applied. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. You were the first one, right? <laughs> I was the first one that spoke. Yeah. And then I sat down and I listened to everybody else. And without a doubt, I mean, it was... The, the entire discussion, the entire conversation that night was District 4 issues. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I said, I'm not a District 4 guy. I guess i got to pull out of this and wait for November. That's Damn. noble of you. <laughs> yeah. So I pulled out yeah. and, and uh, went for the District 1 election. So that's when I started to really closely examine what District 1 was. Well, you've been driving all over the place, right? I'm getting there. Okay, I'm straight, jumping straight ahead. ahead. Okay, I'm jumping right. ahead. There's District 1. Okay. Community, Twin Peaks, Poway Road, the western border. Yeah. Okay. And then we get this little sliver that runs up here, La Mirada. Mm -hmm. I mean, geographically, you think that would be District 3. You think it would be, yeah. I don't know why they put it there. But, but it's there. 
And, yeah. and the, my first inclination, I said, well, there's nothing but schools and churches and businesses yeah, up some, there. It's some up neighborhoods the up there. There's a couple of neighborhoods up there, yeah. much to my surprise. It's like this plateau up there, yeah. and it's flat, and, and people have like some... You know, nice pieces of property and some farming up four there. Brand new, four brand new homes just went up in there. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting place. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, and in my touring, talking to the people, finding mm-hmm. out what the issues are, they had a few issues with the construction of those four homes. Oh, those those new ones that are right on Pomerado Road. Yeah. Yeah, those, I've yeah. been following that. I drive by those guys every day. So the other thing that... <laughs> There's another app out there next door that you're aware of. Oh, yeah. Okay. A lot of people. And they've broken down District 1 into all these different little neighborhoods. I said, well, that'll help. Because absolutely during the campaigning, you go door to door. People say you ring doorbells, kiss babies, and shake hands. Right. Well, ringing doorbells is intrusive. It is. And it's not. Lawn signs are intrusive. Yeah. And I said, this is the part of being a politician I don't particularly care for. Right. All right. So I'm not going to ring on doorbells, but I'm going to drive around the neighborhood. And if I see people out walking their dogs or working in their front yard or working in their garage, I'm going to pull over and see if they want to talk. I'm downstream of that now. Still got a week to go. How did people react? I mean, you told me the funny story about the, the, the jogger, but, <laughs> yeah, but that, uh, that was before I discovered I had to put a sign in my car. Otherwise, I get accused of being a stalker. <laughs> but still, do people enjoy it when you approach them when they're walking their dog, or do they I would like? Say by the numbers that I've talked to, mm-hmm. it's ninety-five percent will be glad to talk to you. Really? Oh, yeah. That's great. I would yeah. thought it'd be much lower than that. Now there is the five percent. Yeah. <laughs> that get away. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah. here's, no, don't, that's don't fine. want to slip a paper. That's, that's fine. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that was the plan of attack was to Do, hit, hit You know what's interesting is, is I've been following the election. <clears throat> People are referring to their neighborhood names, yeah. right? Like Heritage Hills, you hear that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I had never really heard of some of these names now well la mirada's name because that's the street well yeah (laughs) you know yeah but some of these i think they were named maybe when they were first developed right you know back in 1970 something or whatever it was um but do you find that people still embrace those small neighborhood names yes they do yes wow and my desire for the ultimate districtization, mm-hmm. okay, is to have the neighborhood representatives. Oh, to get to drill down that far. I'm hoping to find the people. If I'm elected to city council, the next area of focus is to find people within each neighborhood. Oh, who's willing to stay in contact with me, and stay in touch with their neighbors, and they're out there, they're chomping at the bit to do it. So you could have like your own like little. Uh, council, the Pete Neal District 1 Council that you right. would meet with right. that might have 15 representatives. And we could discuss. Yeah. and that, Well, that's perfect because that's what you're all about is like listening to the people right. and being their voice on the city council. This would create a process where you could listen to the people mm-hmm. rather than randomly hitting on folks when they're walking their dog, you know? Right. So you'd have a process. But you know what? Actually, I, I want to take back what I said earlier. I, I said I was surprised that people 
embrace their neighborhood names. I used to live in Sycamore Creek. You know where that is? Yep. Way on the end of Poway Road. And yeah, we always called it Sycamore Creek. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm thinking. You know, <laughs> of course people are embracing their, their neighborhood names. Yeah. So, okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. This is good. So that was the task at hand. Time to build a campaign. So um, first thing I did was a Facebook page. I saw that, yeah. Okay. Where'd you get that aerial view? Uh, Google Maps, Google Earth. Okay, that's right. nice. I was trying to communicate the fact that here's a guy who was in District 4 for 16 years. Mm-hmm. Now in District 1, right. I have to represent District 1. Okay. But I'm going to do it from a viewpoint of above District 4. That's why I composed that shot. That's good. All right. Good. That means you're in touch with your district, but you're empathetic of people in the other districts. That's exactly right. Yeah. All right. Okay, good. Getting getting the representation that we've been screaming for in South Poway since 1980. Well, I've been hearing about it since I moved here in 96. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. You were part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. used to live in South Poway. Yeah. Okay. So, the next thing I did, I found a website. I don't know anything about websites. My son does. Mm-hmm. He's over in Czech. Oh, yeah. Czech Republic. Yeah. In Prague. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He's teaching school over there. Ah, oh, good for him. And uh, with my grandson. And well, he, his... he, he voted for you. I saw his thing yes. on Facebook. And he was like halfway around the planet. And yes. he already placed one his vote. Sixth of, one fourth of the way around the planet. Okay. My first vote. Okay. That's concrete. Because he's registered to vote here in town. Yes. Ah, that's yep. great. He does three to four years over there, three to four years here, three to four years there. Three okay. to four years here. That's the way he's... So his permanent residence is here? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. His wife just went through the three-year process of becoming an American citizen. She's from Czech. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I was proud to uh, go down to the auditorium and listen to her take the oath. Oh, that's a moving uh, moment, is, I'm it sure. It is very moving. Yeah, that's awesome. So, 15 bucks for a webpage. Big money right there. <laughs> I can do the 15 bucks. Yeah, you can. All right. Because if you'll notice, here's this is this is out of all the four, 460s and 496 forms. So the public record of, of the of campaign, campaign finances. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. I, I got a magnifying glass over mine because I'm still less than 100 bucks. <laughs> yeah, everyone else has got, you know, reasonably sized budgets and you are... You're you're not influenced by finances, right? No. Dude, money is a part of the problem we have with our government. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't accept $1,000 or $100 from a donor and not feel indebted to them. Yeah. There's a, there's a quid pro quo there, right? I'm not indebted to anybody. No. No baggage. No baggage. Yeah. I'm not carrying anything with me. I'm here strictly to listen and work on behalf. Now. And that's what makes you different than all of your competitors. I'm serious. If somebody comes to me with an issue, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty lucky. I'll get to this in a little bit. Because, yeah, I do have my own feelings about how power should be run. Okay. And... Is that going to, I'm going to try not to let it influence my vote. I'm going to try to listen to what the people tell me. But if it melds nicely with the way I already feel, I'll be that much more enforced. Oh, well, of course. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So the next thing 
I told you the story about Calypso. Oh, you don't want me going back. So your competitors, looks like, if I'm reading that chart properly, are spending around three grand each. About right. And they're all roughly similar. And then you are under the $200 limit. Yes. Because over 200 you have to report it. I have to report it. And you're below 200 so you don't have to file the paperwork and submit it to the county registrar of voters. Right. Okay. Wow, it's interesting. And I know the limit is $100. So, 200 Oh, it's $200. $200. I thought it was $100. No, $200. $100 donation. Yeah. All right. But my campaign, as long as I stay under $200, I don't have to report it. Oh, anything. no, no. Pardon me. I meant for those that are raising money. Ah, $100 is the limit. Is correct. So if they've got, you know, around three grand, that's about 30 donors of $100 each. Right. Roughly. I mean, some will be less, of course. Uh, that's that's interesting. Um, I'll and, get you the spreadsheet if you want the spreadsheet. No, no. <laughs> I, I've seen numbers. I've I'm, seen those reports. I know Chris Cruz has posted them. Brian so. Edmondson and myself were pouring through these numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Because he's up against the same issues I am. He's taken a a little bit different step, and I'll get to that in a okay. second. Okay, good. All right. Okay, so I got Calypso. I put the sign on. Yes, that cost me 48 bucks. Okay, plus the 15. Plus the 15. Because so, here it's 63. Yeah. Okay, yeah. it's creeping up. It's creeping up. <laughs> but with that, I started to hit the neighborhoods. And there's some of the routes. This is the one where I hit La Mirada. See, this other one looks like Le Mans, like, like it's one of those trackers. <laughs> At nine miles an hour. <laughs> I'd have a ball. I told the people last night in South Arbolitos, Woodcrest, uh, I think it is, and uh, they got a turn in there. And I said, man, every time I come through here, I'm thinking Apogee, Apex. Oh, yeah, you're you like, know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got to have a problem with that. And they said, oh, yeah, we do. There's been several accidents here. Oh, yeah, because it's know. naturally built that way, yeah. yeah. But that led to what don't they like about Poway? Right, you right. Know, it's, it's, it was a great discussion. So then this is the Poway portals down here, okay? The west side of Pomerado Road. Yeah. The streets in there. And then I got this one, which I call the central, west and east central. This is Frame and Powers Road. Mm -hmm. These are my actual routes. Nice. All right. This is this is taking me back to the days when I was a paper boy. Google, yeah. Google offers a thing called Timeline every day. Okay. And because I got my phone activated, it's following my phone. Wherever my phone goes, it keeps track of where I am. Wow. Tells me how much time I spent there. All right. And, all right, to continue on, this is the lower windmill. That's the one puzzling thing. I haven't figured out why they call that windmill where is and windmill lower, this is over here this is the windmill area is that where old windmill. it looks like where uh community and twin, twin peaks, peaks meet you know there's that big open lot there that's been there forever and i've always wondered why that was never developed on maybe there used to be a windmill there a long time ago perhaps i don't know i talked to the guy that actually lives his house borders onto that property i talked right. to him that yeah, wasn't last night it was two nights ago whatever and I, he walks his dog out there. He says, hey, yeah. I don't care. Right. <laughs> like, like, walk my dog. Yeah. So, um, so then after that, you'll notice I've skipped all the way around the Palisades. Mm -hmm. Here's my house right here. But I, I, I go out to these periphery locations because the rest, the Palisades and Heritage Hills, 
I hit those when I'm going back and forth to Stater Brothers or the store. <laughs> I'll pick different ways from yeah. those neighborhoods. Yeah. It's on the way. You know, <laughs> I can't remember who it was said that, uh, oh, it was Dave. Rose said that he gets stopped by people when he's going to the store. So yeah. it used to be a 15-minute trip. Turns in a half hour, 45 minutes because you end up talking to people. And your wife is wondering where the heck you are. Well, yeah. mine's about an hour and a half, two hours. Because <laughs> you're going nine miles an hour. I'm going nine miles an hour <laughs> right. looking for open garage yeah, doors yeah. and stuff. This is amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, this is awesome. Keep going. Yeah, this All is right. terrific. Now, there's about 10,000 people in District 1. Okay. I've talked to, over the last 30 days of two and three hours out on the road, stopping and talking to people. I'm up over 1,200 people. You've spoken to 1,200 people? Yeah. That's impressive. I mean, seriously, that's really impressive because a lot of the people that are knocking on doors, you know, their hit rate's got to be really low. Yeah. Um, And so if they've talked to 1,200 people, they would be overjoyed. That piece of paper. Oh, that's right. That's your, your card. I keep track of these. Okay. Every time I go out, I know how many I'm taking out, how many so I that's, end that's up. So that's how you know who you've talked to. How I've talked to. There's over 1,200 of these out there somewhere, probably sitting in trash cans. Well, some will, <laughs> but a lot of people are going to keep them, you yeah. know? Yeah. See, Pete, I'm serious. That's it. way more than I thought you were doing. Um, and the, again, if you were to talk to some of the other candidates that are knocking on doors, they would be overjoyed to speak to one-tenth of that. Because I know four years ago, I was a candidate and I knocked on doors and I maybe only had one productive conversation an hour. Um, You've already spoken to 1,200 people. Yeah. That's really, really impressive. Yeah. It's amazing what you do when you're driving a Corvette. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's, you got to keep in mind that 50% of the time, that's the way the conversation starts. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure. I mean, with the stupid sign on the top, people are saying... I just needed to see if you were a pizza delivery guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice car for a pizza delivery. Uh, I said, no, but. And, no, but, and we uh, start talking. I mean, that is awesome. I mean, that uh, you have an icebreaker, you know, you got something to attract people to you. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, some of these other candidates are going to go out to the, you know, the Chevy dealer <laughs> in the next couple of hours to get a car before Election Day. All right. So I've hit the area. He did. I've got some unique stories. Oh, I want to hear them. <laughs> Just the other day, I, I, this guy was out in front, so I went up and I started talking to him, and we talked for about maybe five or ten minutes. And he says, geez, he says, I don't know if I voted for you. What's your name? Yeah. <laughs> I said, Pete Neild. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't remember that. He says, what else does it say on the ballot? I says, scientist? Yeah. He says, you the only one? I said, yeah, I think I'm the only scientist on the ballot. He says, I voted for you. Awesome. <laughs> I said, okay, so there's people out there that make up their decision about what it says on oh, the ballot. Oh, of course they do. Yes, definitely right. they do, because they right. don't follow everything. I should have put Corvette dude. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> next, next next election cycle, you know, when, you, when, you, when you run for re-election, <laughs> then you'll put you know, incumbent slash Corvette dude. <laughs> It'd be classic. All right. Another guy, elderly man. Yeah. All right. He uh, had me come up into the garage. He was seated in his garage. He had me come up to his garage. And uh, he says, can you help me? 
And I says, I'll try. He swings out this little piece of wood that he, plywood that he had there, and he had all the lecture material out on it. Really? Yeah. He says, where's your name? Ah. I, so I said, I don't know. It's, it's in this book here. He says, well, find it. Okay. So I found it. I says, right there. Takes his pencil out. He says, marked it right there on the spot. No words were spoken. So marked it like made a check mark that you were there? No, he or? was filling in his mail-in ballot. Oh, that was the ballot. Okay, not just a voter pamphlet or no. something. Okay, well, because you were the first one that probably I approached I was the that. first guy that had bothered to come up and talk to him. Oh, good for you. That is awesome. That's a good story. Yeah. So there's that. Okay. All right. I have to make an appearance. Right, yeah. <laughs> I have to be a scientist or have Calypso. Yeah. And I have to make an appearance. Yeah. Two requirements. Yeah. Then, of course, there's a whole hell of a lot of people saying, no, I'm not voting for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. There's three Fine. other guys around. Yeah. So. Um, the other thing that I get hit with is you're a Republican or a Democrat. Oh, jeez. Right. All right. So that hit a little bit of a nerve with me, all right, and I put it on my Facebook page as a note. I am, Pete Babbage, when he hears this podcast, is going to go through the ceiling. But I'm a Jeffersonian Republican. Okay. And what does that mean? Jeffersonian Republican is the original Republican Party. Okay. By Thomas Jefferson's way that he felt government should run. Okay. All right. The two parties, Democrat and Republican, have done crisscrosses throughout the history of this country across that central path, which was Jeffersonian Republican, middle of the road. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Pete Babbage called me up right after I filed the papers, and uh, he says, what's your party? I said, well, it's nonpartisan. He said, no, he says, what's your party? I says, I'm a Jeffersonian Republican. He says, well, you're a reg registered Democrat. I said, yeah, I did that to piss my dad off. <laughs> right. He says, well, do you want to get the Democratic Party endorsement? I said, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, he said, well, you got to come to the club meeting and we got to talk to you and you got to, you yeah. know, get the, get the votes out. So I did. I went to their yeah. club meeting and um, I thought I did pretty good, you know. Um, they didn't tell me the results. He called me later and he says, well, you won. And I go, yay, great. He says, but only 61% of the vote. I said, well, hell, that got me through high school and college. It should be all right for 61. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there, right? You know? And he said, no, you're going to do better than that. He says, and this isn't, this is just the Democratic Party and yeah. power. This is the club. You got to go to the regional and then you got to go to the district. So two more meetings. And yeah. Each time my name got pulled off the automatic agenda, and thanks to Pete and several other people urging the Democratic Party to endorse me, I got the Democratic Party endorsement. You did? Yeah. That, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of people don't follow the detail of the election, and then they get the— uh, you know, the voter pamphlet, you know, with all the recommended party endorsed candidates, mm -hmm. and they're going to pick you from that. 
You're going to get a lot of votes from that. Pluses and minuses to that. There are pluses and minuses. But the people that would vote against you because you're a Democrat mm-hmm. don't get those mailers. You know? Right. So um, that could work very nicely for you. It could. Yeah. It could. I'm hoping it will. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I'm ho- hoping for a blue wave. Yeah, you know? blue wave. Yeah. For the Jeffersonian Republican. <laughs> <laughs> for the Jefferson. That's who I am, John. I'm a middle of the road guy. Oh, I can tell that. All right. I, yeah. I didn't want to, when I first, on your first podcast, you asked me several questions. I said, I'm not going there. I noticed that. Yeah. Second time around. No, still not going there. Right. We're a week away. Okay. I'm going there. There you're going there. Yeah. I'm telling people, look, there's things I couldn't say before. I'm saying them now, just so you know. If you've already done your mail-in ballot and you didn't vote for me and now you want to, sorry. But I wasn't going to I wasn't going to bring that up to make it an issue. You, you would hope that it wouldn't be an issue. It's going to be an issue. Well, in a nonpartisan race on a local level, you hope it's not an issue, but it is an issue. Yeah. And because people want to know, not necessarily because, well, do you support Trump or not? It's none of that. They want to know kind of what your sensibilities are, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. what's your guiding light? What is your philosophy? Um, that's ultimately what they're trying to find out, I think. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So... The number one issue I'm hearing as I go around talking to people is Poway Road, period. Oh, yeah. Yeah, number I'm sure. Number one thing. I believe that. Especially in District 1, since it's on the Poway Road border. So here's me walking into Poway Road. I first visited Poway in 1969. There's 10,000 people here. Oh, so that's a chart of population. Population. Okay. Okay. I moved to Hill Country Drive at that point in the population curve. Okay. This is when the Tustin-style homes were being added all over Poway. So the first one's when you visited Poway. I visited Poway for the very first time. And that's 1970? Uh, Yeah. Around there? 6970. Okay. Wow. I was stationed down in Imperial Beach, and a friend of mine was living up here that I was stationed with, and I helped him move. And I said, wow, <laughs> what in the hell? You're working in Imperial Beach and living in Poway? And they were probably saying, that's like near Yuma. That's probably what they thought back that's in those days. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. But it got my attention. I moved to Poway. Strictly because I was in Kearney Mesa at the time. Mm-hmm. Wendy and I were in Kearney Mesa. And there were rumors flying around that the city of Poway was going to pull out of San Diego and be its own city. Yeah. Yeah, that was true. And I told Wendy, I said, we got to go there. Well, she was not happy with San Diego school system. Mm-hmm. She dug into it. She found out Poway Unified School District has a good reputation. Let's take the kids there. Mm-hmm. All right. Done deal. My thinking was, here's a group of people that just went yeah, to San did. Diego. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I want to move there. Yeah, tip of the hat to those founding fathers, right? Right. They were the revolutionaries. Absolutely. <laughs> and then from there, um, we moved to Golden Way. 
This was a rental time frame. Then mm -hmm. I moved to Golden Way, and then I moved to Butterwood Court. Okay. But you can see I rode the population influx there. Yeah, I mean, you have. I, You've seen a lot of it. People had a big hooting party when Walmart moved in <laughs> in this time frame. I mean, we had a major store moved in Poway in this curve. Here. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that were upset by it too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got a little bit of I both. I think there were more people cheering about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> because right. we didn't have to go all the way into Curdy Mesa to go to the store. Oh, yeah. This is when Jemco was in Kearney Mesa. I mean, you had to go. Jemco. Oh, oh my God. Remember? That's, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, that's a past right. from the past. So there's that curve. So I hope everyone can see these charts. And if they can't, I'm going to post them online. Right. Yeah, so. Flat line. I moved on to Butterwood Court. Just for your point of, for your perspective, that's when I moved to Butterwood Court. Right. We're in this part of the curve now. That's a flat line, John. Yeah, it is. Wow. That's the population. The difference between here and here over 20 years is 3,000 people. Over 20 years? 20 years. 3,000. Okay. Okay. Highway Road Specific Plan is adding 3,000 people right off the get-go. Boom. That's a hockey stick at the end. Yeah, that. That, yeah it is. So... <sighs> I just decided that you remind me of Ross Perot because remember he used to have the charts and he bring them out and this is really really good. I like this. Here we go. Okay. The mayor, whoever is mayor, has got a task at hand ahead of him. Right. All right. Because if I'm elected to city council and Tory makes it in District Four, this Poway Road specific, this is right out of the plan. I copied this right out of the plan. Okay. Those little three gears right there. That's District 4 and District 1. That's right. Yeah, because Poway Road's the divider. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. So we got District 1 and District 4 people sitting here going to have to work with the mayor to implement what the people don't want to have happen to Poway Road. Okay. That's, you've got two out of the five votes in that scenario. All right. What I did now, this is out of the this this is off of Google Earth, right? And I've superimposed the structures as they are. There's two maps in the Poway Road specific plan showing you where they're going to be. This one's blue. This is the outpost. There's nothing we can do about that. That's that's done deal. Okay, now I'm getting a sense. So, th those are properties that are looks like they're right on the same the Terrascan Highway where Taco Bell is, right? Yeah. This is where the bank used to be. Yeah, that lot's been empty a long time. A long time. And then across the street from it is, oh, yeah, there's some, like, uh, like individual office there's suites and the, some storage. Where um, the materials used to be. Yeah, and the old TV repair guys there. Well, uh, TV repair guys down here. Oh, okay. This is, this is, but, this yeah, but a lot of that's, yeah. yeah. Okay, I understand that area. Okay, good. All right. So... I mentioned it, but there's nothing we can do about it. That's one of the pictures I was able to find on the outpost. Count, right. the, count the floors. Two underground and three above ground, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Keeping in mind that once this hit the public, yeah, there were three years of planning, five years of planning. Hell, they've been planning Poway Road since I got here. You know, they've been talking about it, that's for sure, yeah. Right. 
I mean, I was in on a plan where they said, oh, all the automotive is going to be east of Midland. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. And then the recession hit and everything went to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked about that before. Yeah. Well, here's my polling of the neighborhood. Oh, it's a bell curve right there. Whoever saw one. Okay. Down here is none whatsoever. We're happy as a clam. Okay. All right. I got one guy wants skyscrapers on Poway Road. I'm not ignoring him. Right. He's got his he's got his opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to him. I had to go through some adjustments to get this bell-shaped curve to appear this way because the vast majority of the people are saying slow it down. Slow growth. Two stories max. Mm-hmm. That's what 75% of the 1200 people I've talked to between these three, D, three dB points. That's where the people are. Interesting. Now, other people can go out and argue So that. it's really not slow growth, it's small growth. Small growth. Yeah. So slow it down. But we barely even started. Well, just the outpost, right? That's what the people are getting hit over the head with. This is what's drawing their attention to it. Right. But I think there's a lot of people that like that. I mean, the food court and its urge brewery is going to be in there? I'm not saying there aren't people out here in this part of the curve. Okay. I'm saying where the majority of them are. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. You got, yeah, from here to here. There, there are some. There are people that are in favor of it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to discount it. I'm just saying this is where the majority of the people Well, this are. is Pete the scientist right here, gathering and collecting data. Collecting as much information as I yeah, can. Yeah, I appreciate that. And if I become city councilman, it's going to get worse. <laughs> more data. More data. Give me more data. <laughs> right. Well, imagine if our elected officials, you know, were better with data. This is in the Poway Road specific plan. Right. I drove down Poway Road the other day, and I said, I need to know where that is. The only hint they give you is that it's Poway Road approaching Civic Center Drive. And really approach, and sure enough, there's a red light hanging out over the street in this illustration. That's the red light at Terrascan. Okay, so I'm going to try to match that picture with the way it is now. And by the way, I love the fact that you put the picture in for South Poway Votes. That's a great picture. Oh, yeah. I remember that day because I have a client that's up in the uh, in the business park. Yeah. And I got out of my car and I looked over there. This is unbelievable. And so it was so clear up on the top of that mesa. And I took the photo. And Poway's in a fog. It is. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? And, and you realize, hey, it's a valley. It's a valley. Yeah. Pogwai, where the valley ends. It's yeah. the Indian name. Yeah. All right. That's a neat, I agree. That's a neat photo. So thinking about this, because it happens quite often, all right, thinking about this picture where they got nice light blue sky, let me get it where it is claustrophobic-wise, when there's a fog bank. So I drove out, and there's the fog bank. You can't see the hills. No. Yeah, late, all, the last few days, yeah, it's been very foggy. They're all fogged in. Mm-hmm. All right. But there's the red light, same red light that's so, there, about the same is scale. This, is this Poway Road, or you said Civic Center Road? This is Poway Road approaching Civic Center Drive. Is that, oh, that's where 
Well, Civic Center Drive, doesn't that go parallel to Poway Road? No? Um, Were you talking about... I'm talking about the road that goes down by the skateboard park and the library there. That's Terrascan, isn't it? Terrascan. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. But Terrascan crosses Poway Road. Yeah. But that's the red light there. Okay. So I it's circled. Poway Road approaching Terrascan, approaching yeah. Taco Bell. Yeah. Count the floors. Mm-hmm. That's in the Poway Road specific plan. Yeah, like three stories. Maybe four, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, it depends on what you count that of as a floor or not, I guess. Yeah. One, two, three, and... And, a, and an attic or something like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. On both sides of the street, this is what we, what we got now. That's that's the um, thrift shop. That's the... Um, uh, Salvation Army. Salvation Army, you will. Yeah. You know, you know what's interesting is, have you ever been up in um, uh, San Alijo Hills? Yeah. Okay. And they have that like kind of downtown stretch. It kind of looks like that where this is also sort of like a Norman Rockwell, you know, photo of old, old, like small town America Mm -hmm. where you'll see streets, shops like that, that are right on the sidewalk. Um, And then you always wonder, does that make sense for Poway? And I think some people are saying it needs to be set back more, maybe be a lower uh, profile buildings. Um, that's that's going back to my curve, right? That's that's, that's, that's probably that's, what you saw in your curve. Yeah, it's interesting, but the whole concept of mixed use, I think, is intriguing. We have people, and you have commercial space and walking. Yeah, uh, yeah interesting. Highway Road used to be riddled with it, by the way, but it wasn't vertical. Mm-hmm. We had people who lived in the back of the building. And their store was in the front. Weederack Chiropractic was that way for a long time. Oh, yeah. All right. But, you know, back in the, well, yeah, that's when you lived in your golden way. That's right yeah. there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, that's back in the day when there was so much land that, yeah, there's no reason to go vertical. Yeah. Next issue. Interesting. Not the Poway Road specific plan. That's what I'm hearing. Number one issue. Number one issue. Mm-hmm. Out of the 1,200, I'd say easily 750. Plus. Wow. Okay. That's, or, yeah. Or saying, no, no, hang on. I'm giving, I'm painting that in the wrong picture. 1,200 people talked to, 750 have responded to that question. That's their issue is Poway Road. Good, bad, or indifferent. Okay. Okay. But it makes sense then, that it'd be an important issue. Then we get issue. back to that curve right there. So the 750 breaks down this way. Okay. okay. All right. Sorry, I'm putting up no, the paper again. But. This is fabulous. You're the first guest that has come in with his own charts and his own data. <laughs> I, I respect this immensely. This is fantastic. Number two, the Civic Center. Right. This one over here is new facility, right. brand new building. <laughs> no building. Just, is that it? Use as is. Rebuild. Rebuild. Yeah. Rebuild. Or like remodel. Yeah. There's a, there's a number of people that say we should rebuild it. Yeah. All right. There's a lower number of people that says use as is. Right. But there is a number of people there. This is a very difficult curve to match. Well, there's different motivations. Yeah. Because there's like a lot of the seniors, they don't want anything to change because they don't want to be disrupted. So this is use it as is. Oh, boy, 
I jumped ahead. Okay, so what does that say? You're a great straight man, John. <laughs> okay. When you talk to the elderly people who are thinking that they, as they've been told, that they're going to have no place to go for two years. Yeah. Guess what happens? That pole flips around. Use it as is. Right. That, I, would, I, I expect that. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's the number two issue right behind Power Road specific plan is the community center. Even, and, even amongst non-seniors? Even against non-seniors. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. People have been hearing about it forever. Yep. And they realize that, you know, wheels are in motion now. Right? Yep. Okay. So, I mean, that's what we're faced with. Now, I'll give you an example here. This is what they're proposing for the uh, $13 million as the community center. Yeah, th th there's two plans, I know. Yeah, this, it, is, this is the big one. The hybrid plus, I think yeah. they call it. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's the big one is still smaller than the original, than the current floor plan right. in square footage. Now, I, I, I'm not sure where everybody sits on this yet because I haven't brought it up in discussions with them because I'm afraid to. It's been a hot coal. I haven't wanted to throw it amongst the people that are running, but it's something to think about. They got to demo that building. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. There's two separate structures here, plus some office buildings going in there. If we focus on this plan, okay. Perhaps what we can do is shift it a little bit on the property. They got a little bit of latitude so they can use the existing structure it is, as it is while they tear down the auditorium and redo the auditorium and then move people over from the existing community center into the auditorium while they demo the rest of the thing. Yeah. Is, has anybody asked that question? I don't know. But... What I'm thinking about is if we do something like that, we're back to that curve because the elderly that— Yeah, there's no displacement. There's no displacement. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the big issue is yeah. the displacement issue. It's maybe not the community center. This is a lot higher than this over here. Yeah. All right? So if I redo that, if we eliminate the displacement issue— Okay, maybe we can get a separate poll going on that. But Interesting. I, I, it's in the future for me. I, I, you know. Well, you know that sort of side by side plan is kind of what I think. <coughs> I think people had always envisioned if they were going to build a new football stadium, you right. know, they still have an existing one to plan. Yep, that was up there too. I already, I already released that one. Okay. Interesting. So anyway, that's that's the second issue. What have I got to talk about now? That's oh. The approval process. I sat in in the city council meeting where that was approved. That was great. What is that? That is in back of the hotel and the Chevron station on the corner of Poway Road, and it's the Dora Street extension. Oh, wait a minute. I remember someone was talking about this. So this is kind of behind. It's a Ramada Inn, isn't it? Yeah, the Ramada Inn. And there's that little house on the hill, that little itty-bitty restaurant that's yep. above. Yeah. Well, this is in directly in back of that. Yeah. Old Dr. Mark, talking about chiropractors, Dr. Mark's community yep. chiropractic's kind of near there. Yep. So that's that's up on a hill, isn't it? Yep. Like a little... Yep. But there is a flat area there. Uh-huh. The original plan was 10 homes. But the contractor, the builder, the owner 
talk to all these people. Oh, good. Good for him. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. All right. So they all talked. They came up with the compromises. At the city council meeting, they were talking about this oak tree right here. Is it, how, how are we going to handle this oak tree that's sitting right there? I mean, that was that level of detail at the final approval meeting. That's a smart contractor because if he didn't talk to those homeowners, that never would have been approved. Never would have been Because they would have argued and fought him the whole way. He went into the neighborhood. He talked to the people. That, that's brilliant. And that, that's a win-win outcome, right? Yep. So the next one that's going to be on my agenda is the one that I've caught wind of is this drawing. I, I don't know where I got it from. I copied it off of some Facebook page somewhere or other. But that's the end of Meadowbrook Street. There's 15 homes being planned to go yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. All right. Nobody knows. These people down here are all panicking. What's happening at the end of my street? Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking to them. That's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah, Pete, you have to communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, they've come to me. Well, what yeah. are you going to do about it? Yeah. So what, what, what do you think? So... There's this thing called the Van Dam Cornerstone property, and it touches a part of that property. The other worry that I have is that's a seasonal pond. If we have a rainy season, there's a nice little pond that's up in there. So we got to worry about habitat stuff. Mm. Mm. Okay. I think probably something will happen with that end of Meadowbrook Road, but I don't think it's going to be to the 15, 16 homes. First of all, it's up over the threshold of Prop FF. Oh, okay. Well, if it doesn't meet those requirements, yeah. it can't be done, right? But it's on the district one. I mean, that, this is bordered right smack dab in the middle of district one. You know what this reminds me of is... Um, this is the way it should go? Yeah, that's... This is not looking good at the get-go. Well, yeah. The contractor is not involving the community. He's got to get there. Right. That's a problem. Yeah. But I was about to comment is, uh, you know where the Little League fields are? Yeah. Like right by Pomerado Elementary. And you go back there and then they built behind there like a new facility. Um, I haven't seen it since it's been finished. But I guess the point is, is that if you go west of Pomerado on some of those streets, yeah, there's space back in there mm-hmm. that can be carved up and potentially can put some homes. And I never really thought about it by Meadowbrook. But that does make sense. Um, I mean, they got to get some earth movers in there for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you got to talk to the neighbors. I, I mean, otherwise they're going to be protesting at the city council meeting and the, the they'll be rejected. Yeah. Well, it sits right now. Like I said, this is a hijacked plan right now from somebody's got a picture of it and put well, it on Facebook somewhere. Well, like, it was probably somebody yeah. kind of drawn up uh, their dream plan, right? Yeah. Bef- yep. hoping they can get it passed. And it'll, it'll, you know, if a drawing exists, it's not going to be long before it's going to be talked about. Yeah, well. So yeah. Right, right now, is City of Poway involved in it at all? I don't think so. Other than the fact that I've worked with somebody who's very active in the government around here and able to provide me that information. So, so this is a total tangent, but it's Van Dam Peak, Van Dam Cornerstone. Is that related to the Van Dam family that had the tragedy about 15, years, 15 years ago or so? Um, no, no. Van Dam Peak existed long before that. 
Yeah. You remember the whole Danielle yeah. Van Damme thing? Yeah. So this is unrelated. Unrelated. To their family. Yeah. No, okay. there is no connection. There. Okay. Interesting. That I know of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so, okay. There's that. I think I beat that horse to death. The next thing is, uh, God, I never know what order to put this in. I've changed the order of this presentation so many times. Well, you're now. doing great. I mean, um, the, you have an easel too, which I think is fantastic. I mean, this is great. I used to use this a lot. Oh yeah. yeah so, anyway. Well, a scientist has to present his data and his, his discoveries. I'm District One. I'm only one guy. I'm going to be one vote if I win. Right. Well, be, be more confident when you win, right? Yeah. I, I got zero budget. You, I'm not you, spending any You've talked to 1,200 people. I, yeah. Don't yeah. discount that. That's no, big. No, that's, that's what I got going for me, and I drive a cool car. I'm going to do it this way. Okay. Oh, interesting. Look at that. Three votes to win. This is like a game show right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, mayor, short-term, District 1, District 3, 2002. That's how it breaks out. Here's where everything I've just talked about, this entire podcast about my campaign and mm -hmm. what's going to happen in a week comes down to this page because I'm going to be one vote. That's right. One of five. I'm not going to be able to stop or help anybody if the current people are brought through. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be up against Dave Mullen. I mean, Mullen and Voss and Leonard. Right. And Frank. Right. That's right. Those are, the, those are the incumbents. So mm -hmm. people have got to think about what they're doing when they're voting this time around. I'm, I'm really wondering about the guy that, did you have scientists under your name? Here, point to me where you were marking the ballot. I don't see anybody else's votes. I voted. Yeah. I, I helped him vote for me. It's more than just me. This is the city of Poway. Right. That's sitting on the cusp of district representation for the very first time since 1980. Mm -hmm. It's going to have three, three votes. All this other stuff, I can listen till the cows come home. But I ain't going to help if everybody's got, we've got to move forward. We've got to draw in more money. Now, if it was me, I'd start watching the nickels and dimes. And I'm not getting a very good encouraging sign off of the campaign money that's flying around. Yeah, there's some big money being spent. Mayor Voss is over 16000 in contributions. Well, he's very popular. He's very popular. Yeah. Does he need that kind of money Well, to maintain his popularity? I'm down here underneath the magnifying glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not even on the radar, really. Um, who's that other one? Tori Powers is number two in Money Raised. Good for her. And Kaylin Frank is number three and John Mullen four. Hmm. Wow. Who's I, spending the money in your town? You just named him. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's where I'm getting mailers from. The incumbents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and Tory. Yeah, those are the mailers. There you go. What are those? Oh, that's who's who's backing the mailers. Okay. I'm really disappointed in this election process. There's a lot of outside money influencing this election because not only is a $100 donation can come from anyone, yeah. but these uh, political action committees are putting together big money. to Like the Deputy Sheriff's Association is behind that, which is really – that's that is funded itself by a lot of people in the in the building industry. Republican Party. Republican Party is backing these candidates, yeah. But the Democratic Party may be backing you. Not a thing. You know why? Why? They wanted more money. Uh, well you're you have a two hundred dollar limit, self imposed. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna play the money game. Mm-hmm. Where is the remember that sense of indebtedness I was talking about? Mm-hmm. Who are these people indebted to? The people that give them money. Is it the people of Poway? Is it the people that are complaining? Yeah, we want to slow this down. We want to keep it to two floors. Mm-hmm. Podcast people, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. If you did your mail-in ballot, uh, you know, what can I say? So, I think I outdid my first podcast, and I think I outdid my second podcast. I think I talked about things I shouldn't be talking about. But you know no, what? No, it's, no. A, it's a hammer and nail type of thing. You are talking about the things that should be talked about. Because you even said that the Poway Road Initiative is the number one issue facing voters. We talked at length about that. Yep. Um, you you spoke that what, number two was the community center and... And, um, you know, we've talked about that. We've talked about other development projects. This notion of uh, campaign financing is a, that's not just a Poway issue. That's a national national issue. issue. And it's interesting that, you know, it plays such a large role, even our own little backyard town, you know. City council seat is the lowest rung on the ladder. Mm -hmm. That that and school board or, or water district, although the city council is the water district here, but but yeah, yeah, they're, they're this far cry from being in in uh, Congress. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of leftover money there. Maybe he'll go to Hawaii. <laughs> wow, it's something to think about. It is. Yeah, I'm, am I the only one that's thinking about it? I hope not. Well, you know, I think the money would be even greater in Poway if it wasn't for the the one hundred dollar uh, individual yeah. limit. Yeah. Uh, the school district doesn't have that limit, and you know, some of the candidates in school district are getting thousands of dollars a- at a time. Yeah. Well, I went through all my slides. Wow. Let's lighten it up a little bit. I'm going to put this stuff away. Okay. I like this. This is great. Like I said, it's like Ross Perot. And, and, I, 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 and I mean that. That's what, I mean, I wasn't a big Ross Perot supporter, but I love that he had data and charts. And he showed people how to, to – he presented information in a simple way. And I thought that was spectacular of him. And I think it's great of you. Seriously, I do. I hope the people out there that are listening to this podcast take it that same way. Yeah, of course they will. Yeah. <laughs> There's a thing flying around right now on the uh, horrible news media. Okay. 
Okay. About Donald Trump wanted to write an executive order to eliminate naturalized citizenship. This is a very good topic to discuss. Are you prepared to go down this rabbit hole? Yeah. Awesome. Okay, tell me your thoughts. I'll, I'll share so mine as well. So I heard that yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'm on Facebook. I said, talk to my mom. Called her up. I said, Ma, I says, when I was born in Syracuse, New York, were you a citizen at that point? Mm -hmm. She said, no, I don't think so. I said, was Dad? She said, no. I said, you know when you became citizens? She says, no, I really can't. I don't remember. So I called my sister. I said, Cynthia, I said, when did you guys become citizens of the U.S.? And she says, oh, not until we moved to Rhode Island when you were two. I said, oh, okay, thanks. And where, where was your family from? Canada. Canada, okay. My dad from the U.K. All right. He went on a scholarship from the Episcopal Church. Okay, excuse me. We did discuss this previously. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then he went to Canada, did some parishes up in Canada, one up within the Arctic Circle, and then slowly working his way south and finally got invited to take over a parish in Syracuse, New York, which he did. And he was also able to teach at Cambridge at the same time, so it was a great thing for him. He finished out another degree of his and mm -hmm, taught mm -hmm. and, and had a boy. You know, That was me. you. That's you, yeah. But the issue at hand is, I said, wait a second. If he wipes out that naturalized citizen, just because I was—I'm a citizen because I was born here. That's right. Uh -huh. My parents were t still technically Canadian because they had not taken the oath yet. They didn't take the oath till two years later. Right. So if he abolishes that, I, I'm going to be the first Canadian in the city council of Poway. <laughs> I said, well, how ludicrous is that? Yeah, well, I don't think he's planning to do it retroactive. But, so, yeah. well, I hope not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a lot of people without citizenship. So I, yeah. made a, I made a ludicrous joke on Facebook about it. Yeah. All right. I got jumped on. Oh, I'm sure. It's, it's, it's a very hot topic right now. All right. Yeah. First of all, the 14th Amendment is a constitutional thing. That's right. 35 states have to be convinced yes. that this is a good idea. Yes. Then it's got to go through yeah. Congress. Yeah. It ain't happening. No. There's no way you can sign an executive order to overturn part of the Constitution. Right. Yeah, there's no way. All right, so let's think for a second. You wanted to go down the path of, well, wait a second. We got a problem with immigration, period. You wanted to go down that path? Uh, no, I was specifically talking about the 14th Amendment and the executive order. Okay. But there's more to discuss on that level before we talk about immigration specifically. Okay. So I'm of, the, I'm of the opinion, I'm a big believer in, um, in the Constitution, specifically in setting up boundaries that limit the power of government. Okay. That Jeff, you're a Jeffersonian Republican. Perhaps I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about individual rights. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm all about, you know, maximizing our inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right. right? And in order to have that kind of liberty, you have to keep authoritarianism at bay, mm -hmm. all right? So the, the, if, the, if a constitutional amendment through the process you described goes through the approvals at the, at the Congress and the Senate, and you get all of the, um, uh, and I can't remember the right word, where the states 
approve it as well, mm -hmm. uh, ratified, pardon me, ratified, ratified by the states and then later approved. That's a very laborious process, but it's a good process because mm -hmm. it makes it very difficult to, to just- change the constitution. See, to, to, yeah, to change the constitution. And if you have a president, and I don't care who he is or what party he represents, that thinks that he can change the constitution with one signature of a pen, then now you are suddenly into the world of dictatorship. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that lightly. Um, so, and, and imagine, if you will, that if um, a Republican president was able to overturn the 14th Amendment with a signature of a pen, well, then suddenly when a Democratic president is, is put in place, they're going to overturn the Second Amendment with a signature of a pen. Right. And then the next thing you know, our Bill of Rights, which, away. which already has been eroding and eroding for years. Mm -hmm. I mean, President Bush, President Obama basically ignored the Fourth Amendment. The Second Amendment's under attack. The First Amendment's under attack. The Tenth Amendment's ignored. The Fourteenth Amendment now under attack. Um, you know, there's going to be no liberty left. And that's where I go back to individual rights. To right. me, this is crucial. Yeah. Um, but so forgive my soapbox there for a no, minute. No, no. Uh, oh, we, we were in agreement there. <laughs> we're okay. in perfect agreement. Okay, there. wonderful. So, um, so I, I, uh, I believe ultimately what, what what the president is doing is, you know, it's it's a week before the election. Mm -hmm. You know, he was even throwing out the idea of a middle class tax cut. I think it's it's bait. To get people to get riled up, to get riled up, to create that division, which worked for him in the 2016 election, it fires up his base, and it and you know it's that divide and conquer sort of strategy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, do I believe it'll happen? No, I mean there's no way it could happen. It can't happen. Even if he yeah. try, even if he signed an executive order, the you know Gorsuch and uh, Kavanaugh were just uh, appointed. I mean, they 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 have to say it was it was unconstitutional. Even his own guys. So, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I I think it's it's a bunch of grandstanding. All right. Okay, but immigration itself is a whole separate topic. Yep. Um, I've just witnessed it firsthand with my daughter-in-law. Oh, oh, yeah. Who just went through the the, the oath. whole process? Yeah, well, that's wonderful from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, she was sponsored. All right. We sponsored her. Yeah, that, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. So um, am I dealing with, am I fully educated on illegal, alien, path to citizenship? I don't have a clue what that path is. Right. All right. I got a pretty good understanding that what we've got isn't working. I, I think that's agreed upon by... Everybody. Both sides of the aisle and the people that aren't even near the aisle. All right. The status quo is doesn't work. All right. Is that going to be solved by Poway City Council? No. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I bet you, but some people may ask you that while you're on the campaign trail. Because they want to know what my attitude is. Exactly. Their sensibilities. What my sensibility yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um babysat my two granddaughters for the last five days. You should have heard those kids when their parents were on vacation. When you separate young children from their parents, there's devastating impact, even in the best of scenarios. Oh, yeah, yeah. My wife is a volunteer 
um, court-appointed child advocate. She gets into some pretty nasty situations of which she can't talk to me about, but that's okay. I'm used to dealing with classified information, even when it's somebody else that's suffering with the classified information, all right? Yeah, she comes home really upset sometimes about the situation she's confronted with, with being a court-appointed child advocate. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, we got problems on the borders, that's for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Do I have to solve it? No. Do you want to? Do you have an idea how to solve it? If you could wave no. a magic wand? No. Okay. I have. I'm too emotional about it. I would. My emotions would get in my way, and when my emotions get in the way, I do stupid things. I buy Corvettes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Should I have bought Calypso? No. Oh, I'm happy you did. Did I want to? Bet your ass I did. Of course. Yeah. It, it was something that I promised myself as a 14-year-old kid that someday I was going to do, do that. You, know, you ever heard the term YOLO? No. Y-O-L-O? You only live once. Right? Well, that's, that's right up there with my good friend Bill Stringfellow. I mean, he's the one that pushed me over the top, and the decision to actually buy it was in January of 2013, a week before he passed away. He said, Pete, just buy the damn thing. Yeah. I was talking about it all yeah. the time. Says, Why? He says, because you're going to spend a long time dead. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and you know what Calypso is? Calypso is not just buying a, a thing. It's not just No, a, it's half my campaign. Well, well yeah, half your campaign. <laughs> but it's an experience. Yeah. And it gives you your, your life so much joy yeah. um, because you're able to travel you have stories to tell. You showed share with me the notebooks when you came in earlier yep. about your whole experience. I'm serious about doing that show. I think that was an educational experience unto itself. So okay. let's tell our viewers and listeners we're going to do a podcast all about the entire Pete Neeld yep. Calypso experience. From I'll break, I'll break them out here one more time. You, you got to see these books. This is unbelievable. I can't imagine anyone would do this with their car. And this is how important this is to you. This is... A notebook that I created about my decision to buy Calypso. The story about well, Stringfellow's in here. The story about my love hey, of cars. Open up the book and share a few of the pages so people okay. can see. All right. This is the predisposition story <laughs> about why I'm a car freak. All right. And this is a little bit about all the cars I've owned, starting off with a little pedal car. <laughs> This is this is like a life history document. It is. No, I I mean this with the most utter respect. Okay, yeah. this is a wonderful family heirloom to pass down generations too. Yeah, this is fabulous. So that is what's the next one I talk about there? Hmm. Oh, the seeds of the need. Oh, nice. And this is where I talk about <laughs> my two previous Corvettes. Okay. And then there's a letter from my mom explaining her viewpoint of why I was going to end up. But we'll go into this with more detail. This is, and there's two more volumes. So the, the, the whole thing is the experience of, of wanting to own a Corvette and why to the actual decision to buy it. To and then this book covers from, there's my order number for the car. And there's the VIN number. 
it's just this is awesome notice the thicker of the two it only took me this much to think about buying it it took me this much to actually get it to happen <laughs> that's yeah. dealing with chevrolet gm and having a car this, built. this car it's custom it's custom built it's not just a off-the-shelf stock part car no. that's the way most people buy cars is they'll go into a dealership and this is what i want to do the podcast about okay most people go into a car dealership they find a car they like they do the transaction and they're gone for six hours tops. Yeah, yeah. All right. No, <laughs> I went to the extreme and I ordered the car specifically every option the way I wanted it, and some of them were in conflict with each other. That was I'll I'll I'll, I'll tease you a little bit with a story. All right. You do this on a computer. When you go down to each individual option on the cards in that cell spreadsheet that's five pages long. Okay, so I selected all my options. Mm -hmm. The bottom ones are the dealer installed options. Well, if you're gonna have a car delivered to you at the factory in Bowling Green, Kentucky, the dealer installed options, which are last, will kick out the museum delivery, which is higher in the order. Okay. They didn't know that. Nobody knew that. GM didn't know that. Nobody knew that, that their computer would was not smart enough to alert you that you had just eliminated a very important option. Because buying one option made the other option in conflict. Correct. Okay. I understand that. Happened. Oh, yeah. It was four months before we discovered, because I was in touch with the people in Bowling Green. I said, have you got my order yet? Have you got my order yet? And finally, one guy says, did you order any dealer-specified options? I said, yeah, I ordered floor mats. He says, that killed it. We're not going to get that order. I said, you're kidding me. And they said, no, that's, that's what happens. Back to the dealership, get that floor mats off the order. Wow. And the Bowling Green delivery came back up. Right, because so there was a configuration error, so it didn't make it to manufacturing. Right. Interesting. So the whole process was resubmitted, you know, it went through the whole process, but the, the real icing on the cake was, is I was still nervous about Bowling Green getting the word to build the car. Okay. So I called them one morning to check on the progress after the correction had been made. I said, did you get my order? <laughs> I already knew that they should have it because I'm onto their computer system at this stage of the game. I can see that the order was accepted by Bowling Green, but I want to talk to the guy. All yeah, right? yeah. So I called him. He said, Pete, I got to call you back. We're really busy here. We, we, we've, we've had a situation take place, and I, I got to call you back. I said, okay, fine. You know what had taken place that night? Was that where there was that terrorist thing going on over there? No. There was something the about that. The sinkhole. Oh, the sinkhole. <laughs> My order hit Bowling Green at 8.25 the night before. Oh. <laughs> wow. Nobody was there. Everybody's gone home for the day at 8.25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sinkhole took place early in the bright, you know, before dawn. Now, how big was the sinkhole? It swallowed what eight cars. It was huge. But was it on? Was it at the manufacturing facility? No, this was at the museum. Okay. This is the people that 
you deal with when you're going to have a car delivered to you. Okay. okay. So it's on the national news. I mean, I he said he was going to call me back. I said, fine. We hung up the phone. I went back in. I caught the news at noon, and they were talking about the sinkhole in Bowling Green. I said, hmm. Apparently, my order carries a lot of weight. Yeah. You've upset the gods, you know? <laughs> you know, Pete orders here, and, and, and there's a sinkhole. The next day, he calls me back. He says, Pete, we got your order. He says, it actually came in just before the sinkhole hit us. And I said, yeah, don't screw with my order. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Important people are watching, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So there's all sorts of little side well, stories. That, to that's going to be great. I mean, I'm looking forward to that conversation. And I think... Corvette owners everywhere are going to love that, right? Yeah. You know, for yeah. and people that are car enthusiasts. There's, there's probably uh, a goodly number of Corvette owners that go through the same process. Now, what's different, what adds to mine is that I ordered in 2013, okay, for a car that was a 2014. Right. All right. Mm -hmm. We're buying on rumors. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. Gonna... Vaporware, yeah. Right? as yeah. they say. Right. So okay. So when you're changing from a, from a model style from C in this case C6 to C7. I mean there's people that have submitted orders for a C8 and they don't even know what it's going to do yet. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. there's already people in the queue. You go down to Bob Stoll and say how many deposits do you have on C8s and they're going to tell you there're probably 5 or 10 of them. Really? Wow. Just waiting for the day. Yeah, and they don't even know what it is yet. <laughs> they don't even know what it is. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Well, I think people were doing that with Teslas, right? Yeah. Putting money on the table before they knew what it was going to be. Yeah. 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 That's, that's good. It's an interesting segment of our society and our life that people don't get exposed to. So I said, you know what? I've got a story to tell here. I'll, I'll ask John if he wants to do that. So That's a great idea. And so, again, I'm going to put this out to all the, the guests and uh, that are, or all the uh, viewers and listeners um, I'm looking for new guests to join the podcast. And so and we're going to talk about things beyond politics. Yep. This is a great topic. And we'll talk about uh, Calypso and the Route 66. And we talked touched on that previously, but I think within the context of the whole Calypso experience. I can do, I can do the de museum delivery. I can do all this and Route 66. It's just another book. It's <laughs> <Just> another <laughs> chapter in the no, Calypso it's another book. It's about that thing. Yeah, that's good. I like this. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else? What else so, do you have to share? Do we, I, I think I think we're done. Uh, I, I we went really, through everything on your on your list. Yeah, we're down. We're down to Pete, two, Pete walked in with an agenda. Two final See. stories. Okay. Oh good. shoot! I forgot to mention Lucy. Now let's let's talk about Lucy. It ties into the um, Civic Center. Okay. All right. I'm doing my tour, driving through, right, and. Uh, this el very elderly woman, short stature, in her front yard. She's talking to her neighbor. And uh, I introduced myself and got a European accent to her. So I took a liking to her. She, she was a feisty woman. Wonderful. So maybe a week later I drive them through the same neighborhood trying to hit other people coming home at different times and stuff and there was Lucy and she was uh, by herself so she flagged me over I went up to talk to her and she was very upset she had heard about the senior center oh no and 
she'd heard that there may not be those activities that she participates in for a couple of years. Right. She was in tears. Yeah, that's a big part of people's lives, the ones, the ones that are active members there. It hit me really hard. Yeah. I mean, what do you, how do you console this person? You know, I'm out campaigning, and yet I'm confronted with this elderly woman in tears about something that's going on. So I did the best job I could. She was not fully out of her tear mood when I excused myself and left. But I'd left her with the idea. I said, look, it's not going to happen anytime soon. There's going to be a change of government. I said, you know, we'll see what happens. That's what I was trying to do. I said, it's not cast in concrete yet, you know. I'm pretty confident that they're going to have a transition plan. They're not just going to leave them to the wind. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. That's how I left her with those unenforceable reassurances that, look, it'll be okay, you know. Say, can I say, picture yourself on a boat on a river, right? Yeah. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah. Uh, Lucy in the sky. Um, so I went back a week later. Yeah. And she was in her front yard. She, that's all she did. Just she was happy to she see you. She was happy. Were you driving by in Calypso? Huh? Always Calypso. Always. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, I you, mean, but you listened to her. I, and it, it bugged me for days. And I mean, it bugged me to the point where I said... I skipped over it, but yeah, I have to talk about it. It's important. But she's one of the 1,200, yep. and she appreciates that you took the time to listen to her. She yep. was emotional, but you understood. You expressed to her what you would do if you're elected. Yep. You probably want to vote. Maybe. Well, she waved at you when you went by, and she was I, happy to I'm see you. I'm taking that as a good sign. Yeah, I'd say it's a good sign. Yeah. yeah. So now you know you got at least two votes. Yeah. And the final thing is Marmaduke. <laughs> Marmaduke is a nickname that I picked up on one of the diesel boats. Um, 6'4", kind of big for a submarine. The stories about height restrictions on submarines is non-existent. Okay, mm. it's not true. You can be as tall as you want to be. But you're a 6'4", when you were walking in a submarine, you probably had to duck a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah to yeah. fit through you, the doors. You, you develop a, a move... Well, one foot over, hand up, head down, through. Ah. Okay. So you can, you, you get it down pretty good. You can pass through a hatchway pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But I'm a big guy. Yeah. And I was, in my younger days, I was a hell of a lot more active than I am now. And very eager to please because I was going to be going to see with these people and I wanted to be as helpful as I possibly could because I knew they'd, basically didn't like me being on board because it meant they were going away for a long time, mm-hmm. away from their wives. Well, why were you the representative of that? I was only, on, I was a writer. I was only on board for spec ops, uh, special operations. Uh, so yeah, if, if one of my rating showed up, that meant they were going to see for a long time. It wasn't just a weekly op or a daily op or a month, you know, short off the coast thing. And and so, yeah, and those were typically how long? Three to six months. Wow. Most, yeah. most of it under the surface. Uh, well, diesel boat days, we spend a lot of time <laughs> snorkeling. Okay. 
uh, and still. transiting on the surface. And that was a fun time. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I picked up the name Marmaduke, and I, I, I'm equating it to the campaign because somebody brought it up in context that I'm a bull in a china shop. Well, it's been with me all my life. I, I'm going to dig into things, and yes, I'm going to be large and disruptive, but I'll get to the bottom of it, and I'll make it work. That's my nickname, Marmaduke, but from those days. But see, that's a good trait of someone that's in city council. Mm-hmm. That's not going to just gloss over an issue. Mm-hmm. But if someone comes to you with their concern, you're going to be, you know, like a dog on a hunt. Yep. And you're going to get to the bottom of it. Some of the people are going around and getting endorsements. I got none. None? No, that's not true. Somebody has listed their resume, the companies they've worked for, as qualifications for city councilmen in their positions. That doesn't make any sense to me. So I made some phone calls this last week. I said, look, um, I used to work for you. I'm running for city council. Could I have your endorsement? So going back 40-some-odd years... Charlie McVeigh, CEO of the Partridge, CEO of Seawolf, he's acting on behalf of the people who I did report to directly because they were all passed away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. He's, Charlie's said he would, because our paths have crossed back and forth since 1972. Wow, that's special. Yeah. So he'll endorse me. So then I took what I knew about submarine sonar systems and Wendy was here in San Diego so I came to San Diego and I started working for Spectral Dynamics and there was a guy there that um, I've known over the years he's my mentor for all the signal analysis work I've done in my life Tony Keller I got his endorsement terrific all right. So these are people that know you, that trust you, that believe yep. in you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think then I left Spectral Dynamics for a while. When I was a kid, I always had a heart for oceanography. I wanted to get into oceanography. And there's a company here in San Diego called Interocean Systems, run by a guy by the name of Mike Perlman in the day. So I went to work for Interocean Systems for a few years. And uh, so I called Mike. I said, can I have your endorsement? He says, yeah. So I, he was my business mentor. Tony is my technical mentor. Mike Perlman taught me business. Nice. And then I went, uh, the opportunity opened up in sales and product line management back at the Spectral Dynamics Scientific Atlanta company. So I was back working for Tony again. So that covers that time frame. And that company eventually got sold to Smith's Aerospace, and Smith's Aerospace was eventually acquired by GE, and so it went its merry way. I left before that all happened. And Charlie introduced me to a guy by the name of uh, Paul Lavoie. Paul Lavoie had an idea. Paul had just lost his wife due to a stroke. Mm. 
And uh, he had this idea. He says, well, these sonar systems are pretty sophisticated things. We'll put a, turn it around and we'll put a sonar system on top of the head and we'll listen to what's going on inside the head. So he, Paul said, I got to find somebody that's familiar with sonar systems. So a friend of a friend put him in touch with Charlie McVeigh. Charlie McVeigh says, great idea. But do you want to talk to Raytheon Submarine Signal Division company? you want to take this to the company level or do you want to take it to entrepreneurial people, individuals? Mm-hmm. Paul said, I, I'm doing this on my own. <laughs> you know, I'm looking for investment money <laughs> you know, to get this thing off the ground. He said, okay, I'll put you in touch. So Charlie put me in touch with Paul Lavoy. And Paul told me what he wanted to do. I said, great idea. Won't work. He said, well, why not? I said, well, you're talking about doing it with hydrophones. Hydrophones, hydro, they need to be in first right. in the water. Right, right. Liquid of some kind to work. Mm-hmm. He says, well, what, what can we use? I said, accelerometers is the way to go. I think, I think. I have another friend of mine that's made an accelerometer, and I think it's sensitive. I might just work. What's an accelerometer? It's a little device that you can put on structures and things to measure the forces of acceleration. Okay. Okay? Dynamic mm-hmm. acceleration. Right. So I said, I think I can make this work. So right there, that was the beginnings of Jan Medical. Ah. And I've worked with Jan Medical for the last 10 years. Ah. And they were... One of our major investors were Brain Lab, German company, and they're slowly taking over, and I'm slowly saying bye-bye. Nice. So, anyway. That's special. Yeah. So, my life, and people who can endorse Pete Neal for who Pete Neal is, Charlie McVeigh, Tony Keller, Mike Perlman. And Paul Lavoie, bless his heart. He took me away from this tangible world that we live in Mm -hmm. and allowed me the opportunity to measure and possibly save someone's life. Maybe differentiate an ischemic stroke from a hemorrhagic stroke. Wow. I've ridden submarines. I've made aircraft run smoother. I could possibly have made something that saved somebody's life. Uh, that has deep meaning. I think we all search for that in what we do in our careers is to not just put food on the table for our family, but to have an impact on society at large and to make meaningful you know, impact in other people's lives. I work for every one of those four guys. That's terrific. 40 years. Well, I applaud you for approaching them and then asking them for the endorsement. Yeah. You know, that takes a certain sense of risk. Yeah, it takes some guts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But you have, in in the world of politics, you have to ask for the endorsement. You Mm -hmm. have to ask for the vote. Yep. You know, Um, and it sounds like this opportunity. Yeah. If you have not filled out your ballot yet, please consider Pete and please consider that we need three votes in the city of Poway to make a difference. There it is. The plea, the, 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 the ask for the vote right there. Well, you've been on the podcast here three times. What's our time looking like? I don't know. How are we doing? We're at one hour and 35 minutes. 
So we, we are not I even halfway. We're not even halfway to the John Carson limit. No, but total time I've taken up way too many times. No, okay, yeah. you've been great. Okay, well, well, let's wrap it up then. So Pete Neeld, you have been terrific, and we are now six days away from Election Day. So I think we're all in anticipation. I, I, I honestly believe all these races in Poway are fascinating. District 1 uh, is a fascinating race. The mayor race, the uh, the short-term or open seat is interesting. Uh, Poway School Board District Area B is very interesting. I think we're all looking forward to next Tuesday, and we're going to see how these numbers show up. And I think you're going to surprise people. I really do. Um, because you're out there on the street with, with Calypso. You're meeting people, 1,200 people you've talked to. And 10%. Yeah, yeah it's 10%. And, and those 1,200 people, they talk to their people. Well, let's hope. You know, so I wish you the best. Uh, Pete Neal, Poway City Council, District 1. Thank, Thank you, Jim. Thank you very much. All right.